Welcome to UF Outlive Podcast. I am your host, Michael Anderson. I am professionally trained in cognitive behavior therapy and neuro-linguistic programming. I help people overcome mindset challenges. If you haven't already, do subscribe and follow the podcast so you don't miss any of the episodes that are released on Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday. And if you're on a platform that supports it, please leave us a rating and a review. And thank you so much for supporting the podcast. Habits of Highly Successful People Part 2 is our topic for today. Before we jump in and take a look at entries or habits number 7 through 12, I want to remind us that the success criteria for this specific talk is going to vary from person to person. It's important to note that the definition of success can vary. What one person considers successful may not align with someone else's definition of success. Individual values, priorities, and background all weigh in to this idea of what success means to us as individuals. In the previous episode, family, we talked about the first six habits of highly successful people. And what we shared effectively was the first six had a greater precedence than the six that we're going to cover today. But with respect to science, with respect to the folks that I interviewed who have varying degrees of success, certainly at a higher level, when merging all of that content together and combining it with science, we've come up with 12. So it's not to say that these next six aren't as important But the first six, consider those foundational, these other six as snares that could catch us up or trip us up if we didn't give them the respect that they are due. Without any additional dialogue, let's jump into number seven, which is practicing continuous learning. Continuous learning is the process or Some might say the commitment to acquire new knowledge, new skills, and experiences throughout life. It's directly in alignment with a growth mindset. We don't have to accept what we know today as being all that we have been issued, authorized to know, or that we have at our disposal. If we find that there's a knowledge gap, we can utilize continuous learning to enhance our education. Well, how do we do that? This is dedicated time to learning, whether it's, again, through reading of books, through taking courses, attending workshops, seeking content like you're absorbing right now, or even a mentorship or a coach. All of these mechanisms can come together to provide for you education that you otherwise would not have had. Developing this mindset of curiosity and actively seeking opportunities to expand your knowledge and skill is at the heart of continuous learning. You might say, well, what's that got to do with success? Continuous learning keeps us 
adaptable and relevant in a rapid changing world. You see before you, like never before, the things that we had come to understand as norms being changed, being morphed, being enhanced, literally, which seems like every few months. And so it's imperative that we have a continuous learning mindset that we can meet the challenges that we'll be faced with in this ever-changing environment. If we will commit to doing this process, what we'll find is that we'll develop problem-solving, we'll develop creativity, adaptability, and at the end of the day, it's going to make us better equipped to tackle the challenges that we face and seize the opportunities that are presented to us in the pursuit of our goals. Number eight is developing strong relationships. Write this down. You won't ever be able to attract the type of relationships you want for personal or for professional until you've mastered the art of loving yourself. This is the foundation for all relationship development. It is here where you become your best friend, and as a result of that, you can nurture a positive connection with your being. Once that is solidified, you can then carry that out with others. You've got to invest time building and maintaining meaningful connectionships, again, starting with yourself. How do you do that? You utilize active listening. You implement empathy. And then you open yourself up to various forms of communication that in time past, you may not have had an ear to hear. Essentially, you need to make an effort to provide support and value to others in your network. But I stress, you're not able to extend this to others until you first extend it to yourself. How does it impact success? It provides invaluable support and resources which spur the opportunities that we're looking for. If we are to be successful or if we are to be highly successful people, then we're going to need to unite with people at the right time. And the universe knows exactly when that is. And the universe will not squander an opportunity for an individual who doesn't love themselves, who doesn't respect themselves, who doesn't have a high degree of inner peace with themselves. A relationship, if you will. Look to collaboration. Look for opportunities to boost morale of others. Try with everything in you to love yourself unconditionally. When you reach the pentacle of each of these three, it's going to lead you to career advancement and personal growth and development. And that is precisely why you're listening to this specific podcast. Those are our core tenets. Number nine is embracing failure, viewing failure as an opportunity for learning and growth rather than failure being categorized as being final because it's not. 
If you want to embrace failure, it literally translates to you strengthening this habit through analyzing failure opportunities, failure objectives, failed tasks to precisely understand what part went right and what part did not. We're going to capitalize on the piece that went well. We're going to refine and tweak the part that didn't go well. We're going to put that back together as a package and we're going to launch out in the deep again. As many times as necessary for us to reach the goal, the dream, the aspiration, this is the process that we're going to use. These are invaluable lessons and they have to be seen as such. These are gifts from the universe specifically tailored to our personality, our well-being, our collective self. And it's simply sharing with us where we need to come up a little bit higher. By you developing a mindset like this toward failure and not being final and not being a setback, that's the setback of setbacks, then you're able to move forward in your journey in a different perspective. You won't be afraid to try new things because you already know that if something comes up along the way that doesn't go the way you planned it, that's perfectly fine. There's going to be a nugget that's laid out right before you. And if you're in the right frame of mind, right, where you don't see it as failure and you get all into these low level vibrations that prevent you from moving forward, if you stay open minded, see this as an opportunity that it is, then you can absorb that nugget, act on it, then utilize it to spring you forward. This is turning the setback into a setup. If there's to be success with respect to failure, it's all about turning that setback into a setup. This is, by all accounts, an internal locus of control rather than seeing it as an external locus of control. What about taking calculated risks? Some people are risk averse. Being willing to take a risk is simply saying that you'll step out of your comfort zone to pursue an opportunity. That's all this means. If it's to be a calculated risk, it just means that you're going to assess it very carefully. You're going to gather information. And as you're gathering information, you're going to naturally see things that could take place. You're going to account for those and put together a mitigation strategy. Finally, you're going to launch out into the deep. You're going to go and try it. And you're going to keep on trying it until you get it right. All you have to do is not give up. And this calculated risk, along with some of the other tenets or habits we just talked about, will lead you squarely into what we call highly effective people. Number 11 is time management. This is effectively allocating time for tasks, prioritization, and avoiding wasting time on activities that don't yield results. There's this sense sometime that we get 
when we feel as though we've been engaged in an awful lot of activity, falsely, we sometimes refer to that as time well spent. If the time well spent did not achieve a result, something measurable, a milestone, a key task, then those activities are masquerading as positive activities when in fact they're not. We have to prioritize our tasks using techniques that really help us structure what it is that we're going to do. Setting aside the appropriate amount of time to do that analysis, to set those boundaries, to see what the time allocation is going to be, then literally executing on it, doing the thing that we said we would do during this time, not being distracted, turning off Outlook reminders, turning off your cell phone and all of those social media dings, notifications galore in our life. We want to shut out all of the things that can act as distractions when we're in pursuit of being a good steward of our time. This is the most precious asset that we have, one that is not recoverable for the purpose of being a highly successful person. We have to literally implement on a daily basis, effective time management. We can maximize productivity, reduce stress, and get us to the point that we need to be on the schedule that we have assigned. Number 12 is self-reflection. Yes, self-reflection. Assessing our progress, our actions, and the alignment with our goals, dreams, and aspirations. How do you get really good at this? You get good at this one by spending quality, quiet time with yourself along with a journal. As things pop into your head, as you're meditating, you write those down. And over time, you're able to see patterns. You're able to see themes. And every once in a while, in the early stage, some profound thought is going to drop into your heart. You write all of these things down. You start to understand what's really on your mind. You start to understand what makes you tick. And after just a few weeks, I've seen this turnaround in as little as two weeks, you have this heightened sense of awareness. You're able to take the discipline from meditation and self-reflection into the rest of your day. Family, when you're able to do that, you're operating on a higher plane than everyone else around you. Let me remind you that there's a 95-5 split. There's only 5% of us who are doing this. 5%. It behooves us. That was a term that was used predominantly in the armed services. (laughs) Every now and again, it pops in my head. But it behooves us to be about self-reflection. Developing the ability to be honest with ourselves. Identify areas that are working well. Identify areas that are not working so well. Put those on the list, prioritize them, and start going after them one by one until we conquer them. But before you can even do this, you have to be self-aware. 
You need dedicated, quality, quiet time to do this practice. When you do this practice of self-reflection, your self-awareness is going to most certainly come way up several levels. You're going to be able to make informed decisions. You're going to be able to catch that window between stimulus and response. It's going to enhance your relationships because you're not going to be flying off the handle like you don't have any control over your emotions and your responses. And it's going to create for you sincere growth, measurable growth that not just you will be able to see, but everybody that's close to you will see it as well. Family, these were 12 habits of highly successful people. I would encourage you to take a listen to parts one and parts two again. Think through each of these as I'm sharing them with you and reconcile for yourself. Which ones are you firing on and which ones are you not firing on? The ones that you're not firing on, this isn't the opportunity or the time for us to be judgmental or harsh toward ourselves. It's just we've identified an area where we're going to come up a little higher. You're going to put that in your journal. You're going to look at some point all of the entries in your journal of things that you want to come up a little higher. You're going to put a priority on those based on whatever your goals, dreams, and aspirations are or your short-term goals within one year. You're going to do the work that's necessary. If you need help, I can help you with that. So in this two-part series, we explored a multitude of concepts that we have labeled habits from quite a few different angles. We've seen that success is a deeply personal and subjective process. It encompasses a range of dimensions. It includes our achievements, happiness, fulfillment, financial well-being, and of course, personal growth. It's evident to me that There's no one size that fits all for the term success. That's going to be subjective and it's going to depend on the person, values, goals, culture, background, etc. But ultimately, the pursuit of success is a dynamic and evolving journey. It requires self-reflection, adaptability, and a willingness to define our path and stick to it no matter what. Recognizing that this diversity and this perspective allows us to appreciate sort of the richness of being human and the complexity of putting all of our faculties or getting all of our faculties aligned for this common cause, which is to become a highly successful person. I do hope you enjoyed this two-part series. I want to thank you for tuning in. And this does conclude this episode. I appreciate your time and attention. I want to remind you that you are enough. You can do it. And you are uniquely equipped to realize your goals. And until next time, take care and be safe.